Hey everyone and welcome back to this, the third episode of Good Friday Films, a podcast where we chat about movies with a Christian perspective. My name is Joe and I'm joined yet again by my friend Tilla. How are you going, Tilla? Wood, wood. <laughs> it's a Good Friday. Good We're Friday. discussing a good film. How are you feeling this, this week compared to the last time we recorded? I'm um, feeling pretty good. Um, I still, you know, turn up the volume on my car on the way here. That's why I still oh, really? am having <laughs> another. <laughs> I did it again. Uh, I do it all the time. Oh, no. Um, but I'm feeling really good. I'm really keen to talk about, um, yeah. You've got that um, that gravelly golden voice. That's right. The radio presenter voice now. I've been told it's soothing. So. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so this podcast, uh, we're trying to discuss movies, popular movies, movies that we like uh, and Ideally, talking about the themes involved with them, um, approaching them from a Christian perspective. So, in this episode, we're covering the second of the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, The Dark Knight. So, what what were your initial thoughts going to this? You've seen this before, right? Yes. Yes. I have seen it many times. I try to make it a tradition to watch this movie at least once a year. It's one of my favorites, too. It's one yeah. of my favorites. Yeah. It's really good. So This was a great excuse for me to watch it again. Like- <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'll go through and watch the Christopher Nolan movies. <laughs> yes. Don't really need a reason to. Um, 100%. Yeah. Yep. No, I've always been a big fan of it. So, yeah, The the Dark Knight is a 2008 superhero film directed by Christopher Nolan. It is a sequel to Batman Begins, which we talked about in episode one of our podcast. Uh, and it's the second installment in the Dark Knight trilogy. The plot follows the vigilante Batman, police lieutenant James Gordon, and district attorney Harvey Dent, who form an alliance to dismantle organized crime in Gotham City. Mm. Um, The cast includes Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Heath Ledger, Gary Oldman, Aaron Eckert, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Morgan Freeman. So, just another star-studded cast, most carrying on from the previous movie. Um, This one had a budget of $185 million. Compared to the 150 from the first movie, yeah, and wow. actually, it had a box office of a billion. So five x easily, quite a lot, and more than the um the first movie did. Mm. And I think it's the first superhero movie to hit a billion dollars. So yeah. this was really a game changer mm. compared to the day we live in today, where yes. there's just billion dollar superhero movies. Yes, like every year. Yeah. Um, it's also considered one of the best films ever made. Just, All time. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of like superhero, not superhero. I think it won two Oscars for best supporting actor and the other one was best sound editing. Mm. So yeah, really. Only two. Yeah. Yeah. Only two. I think it was nominated for like five. Oh, I see. Yep. Um, but you know how the Oscars go. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. A bit rigged is my <laughs> conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Um, but yeah, so I think we talked about last time that. Christopher Nolan, uh, we got the impression they didn't look like um, they really were planning a sequel. And actually, looking into it, Christopher Nolan didn't think he was going to make a second one. Because, mm. um, you know, at the time, superhero movies weren't as big. So, he didn't really know if there would be, I guess, as great a success from Batman Begins. Mm. But obviously, I earned 800, well, had an $800 million box office, Batman Begins. Mm. And so, pretty much immediately, discussions of a sequel began. Um and so, there's a couple of new characters in this one, the main one being the Joker. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, so, there's lots of themes there that Christopher Nolan wanted to explore, um, kind of around the, the actor himself, Heath Ledger. Mm. He's um, like an I- iconic actor at this point. People kind of point to this performance as really a great example of acting. Hey, guys. Joe from the future here, just briefly interrupting this episode. 
One of the tragic parts about The Dark Knight is the fact that Heath Ledger um, died from an accidental overdose shortly after filming ended. And so we just wanted to reach out to those of you who might be feeling a sense of hopelessness in your own life or mm. might think there's no other solutions. Yeah. No, yeah, really tragic. Um, yeah, died too young, died too young. And um, so I just want to say, you know, rest in peace to Heath Ledger, really. Uh, and if you are someone who is uh, listening and is struggling with or uh, is contemplating suicide, uh, I want to say that you are very loved and you have a lot to live for and you have a lot to give to the world. You know, suicide is never the answer. And so please, I urge you to reach out to someone you trust uh, or please contact your local suicide hotline or call your local emergency number. Uh, if you're in Australia, the Lifeline Suicide Hotline is 131114, or just please call triple zero and ask for help. Uh, they care about you and want to help you get through whatever you're going through. Heath Ledger, definitely a standout from this episode. I mean, this this episode of the trilogy, this movie. Um, won an Oscar for it, Best Supporting um, Actor. And yeah, even his preparation for it was super intense. Mm. Um, he, I think he spent a month secluded yeah, on his own. Like six weeks locked in a hotel room. Yeah, just yeah. kind of reading different comics about the Joker, coming up with like the voice and really delving into the... Um, I guess the psych- psychology of this character. Method acting, right? Method acting. He was a method actor. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least for this role, he was. Yes. Um, yeah. And I mean, when he was cast, like there was huge backlash. People were like, who is this guy? Yeah, because he was um, mostly like, I don't know, like rom-coms. Yeah, that's like, right. Teenage rom-coms. Really. Yeah, I mean, he was good in those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but people couldn't really see like how he would be able to play someone like the Joker, who yeah. is obviously this really dark character. Mm. Uh, but no, he, he kills it. Uh, he did an amazing job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he apparently found um, the whole process really exhausting as well. Yeah. He was talking about while they were shooting, he'd get like two hours sleep wow. each night. Um, so yeah, it's um, like definitely the, the highlight there. Um, but I think we talked about in the podcast episode about Batman against Maggie Gyllenhaal being the only, I guess, different character aside from the new characters. Mm. Uh, I th- I, <laughs> I think that the reason she replaced Katie Holmes was because Katie was starring in a movie called Mad Money instead. Right. So not, I okay. said she was pregnant. Yeah. Um, that must have been someone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. The recast. I, yeah, I really like Maggie Gyllenhaal in this. Yeah, it's yeah no, I think she did a great job. Apparently, she um went into it. She didn't look at what Katie had done previously. She just kind of did her own spin on the Flash. character. I love that. But yeah. I thought she did a great job mm. um, and definitely- uh, one of those decisions that you kind of <laughs> you don't really want to choose, like a movie like Mad Money, which was a, a huge bomb, yeah, um, over The Dark Knight. But yeah. you know, you live, you learn. <laughs> so, Tiller, um, here we go. Off the top of the dome, what is the non-spoiler plot summary for this movie? Yeah. Um, well, you have uh, Bruce Wayne. Um, you know the Cape Crusader, Batman. Um, but he's got a new foe in town. Um, called the Joker. Joker, and the Joker is an anarchist, an agent of chaos, and he reckons everyone really on the inside is like him, and so he takes the whole city of Gotham through a bunch of uh, tests, you could say, um, yep. trials, trials. Um, you know, he's kind of the devil's advocate, really. Everyone's pretending, you know, you you really people will eat each other. You know, he says that at some <laughs> point in the film. When the chips are falling, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's really a film about what do people do when they're pushed to their limits, when their back is against the wall. Mm. People's true characters come out. And so, um, 
Yeah. Even Batman himself. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Great job. Some real heavy themes in this. Yeah. Um, which I'm keen to talk about. But before we get into it, um, we're going to just chat about a non-spoiler side of things. So, yes. if you haven't seen it yet, don't be afraid of being spoiled. Although, I'm going to assume <laughs> at this point, um, you probably have already seen it. Yeah. It's- I mean- 2008. 15 years. Yeah, it's had 15 years. It's been a while. Come on, get (laughs) on it. (laughs) One of the greatest movies ever. Honestly. Um, But yeah, so I guess non-spoiler thoughts around the movie, Tiller. What were some of the things you liked about it? Again, as you were saying, um, the Heath Ledger Joker performance. Mm, um, I love it. The Joker really is just terrifying, chaotic, (laughs) and just unpredictable, and you just really do feel it. Like, Mm. it's just a rare performance that can't be replicated. And as you were saying, no one saw that coming from Heath Ledger. Yeah. No, he just did amazing. As soon as he puts on that, um, like, the makeup on his face, you can't even see the actor anymore. Mm. I saw that there's this video on YouTube where they've used AI and they've, like, basically put Heath Ledger's face back on the Joker. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah, it's amazing. Because even that, I mean, it's an AI, so it's Mm. obviously not going to be exactly what he did. Mm. But you can see some of the subtleties in his performance much clearer, Mm. which you don't, like, you don't recognize how much he's actually doing because he's got all this makeup on. Yeah. But he just gets completely lost in the performance. Yeah, it's Um, easily um, one of my favorite top on-screen acting performances mm, ever like so up there good. for me with like the likes of al pacino and the godfather yeah too. Like, it's amazing yeah so gripping yes and like he's scary too yes so he's there's like moments of like levity yeah but i mean there's a the, the cam recording moments yeah um, when he like he just switches on to this like terrifying voice the cackles yeah, yeah yeah he's just really impressive yeah um i really liked um Batman in this movie, which yeah. you'd hope so, but yes. he kind of always takes like a, a back seat, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's not really like the main draw of it, but I think one of the things that's interesting is because he's not really the main character in this movie. Um, well, he doesn't get as much character development, mm. but he's also like just kind of a well-rounded Batman yes. throughout the entirety of this movie. He's yeah. kind of good at what he does. I mean, he at no point does he have, does he have any problems fighting anyone. No, not <laughs> he, like, really. Like enters the room, just decimates everyone. Yeah. That's kind of the point of the movie, right? Yes. It's like he he can't fight his way through every trouble or every yeah. problem he faces. I mean, he can fall off, you know, a penthouse. Yeah, saves a woman yeah. and survives. <laughs> He's like invincible. In yeah. This. <laughs> um. So that was cool. It was fun seeing Batman be really good at being Batman. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I think the idea, some of the the, the concepts that he's facing as well, mm. like I think this is set about a year after the first one, so he's been Batman for a year, uh, a bit over a year, and he's starting to face the idea of like, well, how long am I actually doing this for? Yes. this is pretty intense. Yeah, um, so that was like some cool discussions there around, I guess, his limits. Mm. That's right. Yeah, yeah, his mm. limits. You know, he's sort of being pushed to the limits because um, of. The cost of being Batman, it's just like, is this really worth it? You know? Yeah, he that's begins right. questioning that. And so, yeah. you know, even Batman has his limits, so. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, the music's really good again. Love the yes. music. Yeah. And even the the use of music. So, like, it's just, there's some scenes where it's, just, it's building in the background kind of, like the opening scene. Amazing yes. scene. Yeah. Um, not much of a spoiler because it's right at the start of the movie. But like, there's this big bank heist right at the start. Super intense like yes. a way to introduce the characters stressful <laughs> stressful and the music plays a huge part compliments in that. yes yeah yeah but then there's scenes as well like there's this chase scene that they have later in the movie where there is no music yeah it's like 15 minutes of just no music yeah and that's noticeable as well of just like it makes 
almost it's the same effect it's tension but because the music's not there anymore yeah yeah great music great use of music opening scene was amazing um anything you didn't like anything i didn't like um no no there there wasn't anything i really didn't like this is just one of those films where you watch over and over again you just find a new nugget every time like oh, i don't yeah. see that the next time there's so many like treasure troves of like new things you can find and so um yeah there wasn't much i didn't like um yeah yeah Good. yeah by the end of the film i felt like i sat through a thriller mixed with a shakespearean tragedy yeah um, right yeah like, yeah i thought it was very dark yes like yeah it's, that's kind of the one thing that stops me watching it that much because i always come out at the end kind of feeling a bit down <laughs> it is a step up yeah, it weighs on you quite a bit. Like the do. first one has a like a positive ending. It's like yes, <laughs> the heroes, you know, it's all great. Um, this one you kind of get to the end, you just feel really morbid because it's just such a dark movie. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say it's all dark. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the one aspect that I'm not. I mean, I don't enjoy as much. Yeah. And I think the the movie is, as a whole, it's not perfect. Yeah. By any means. Um. I think the the thing is the parts that are so good are just amazing, and yeah. so they raise everything else up. Exactly, but there are still moments in it where you're like some plot holes. <laughs> so yeah, we got the plot hole section. Don't worry, plot hole <laughs> section's coming back. Yep. Um, <laughs> but even like there's a character, Mister Rees, mm. uh, classic name by the way, Mister Rees. I think <laughs> <laughs> he's meant to be playing like the character of the Riddler, I think, but just yeah, more right. of um Christopher Nolan's realistic take on him yeah but he was i guess his performance in that whole plot line was a bit less compelling and yeah at times felt a bit like a waste of time yeah um but i think yeah i mean the stuff that i don't like is just such minuscule minuscule stuff in comparison to how good the, the highlights are mm. how would you rank this in like com- compare it to the first one? Oh, like it's 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 um it's it's rare that you get a sequel that's better yeah. Than the first film, and this yeah. is easily you're saying in the last episode, yeah. And this is easily, yeah, like, way better, way better. It's um, crazy. I rated it seven out of ten the first one. Yeah, um, I would rate this like a nine point five. Yeah, wow. out of ten. Yeah, yep. like I don't think I'll ever give a film a ten because I don't think there is a perfect film. But this yeah, gets. Right. I don't believe in in a perfect film, you know. And so okay. I would never give any film attempt but i believe this why don't you believe in a perfect film tiller (laughs) ah because it's subjective (laughs) okay yeah okay but as in what what like so this one's really good what is the thing that takes this away from being a perfect film in your mind what takes it away from being yeah why isn't this one perfect um just there is no such thing as a perfect film okay and so i'll just never award (laughs) any film attempt um then you get close to perfect but from your subjective view could something be perfect though no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> no, that's fair. I do think it is very subjective. Yeah. I just kind of look at the um, well, like even trying to pursue perfection in general in life, yes. is you're never going to reach it. Yeah. So calling something perfect is always just like this is as good as we can possibly get it. Yes. Yeah. Knowing how imperfect everything is. Yeah. Um, okay, so you give it a rating nine out of ten. You said nine point five out of 10. nine point five. So it's close to perfect as it could get. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I said this one was pretty good. Okay, good. it's a pretty good movie. Pretty good. Um, really enjoy it. Mm. Really like it. Definitely go watch it. But keep in mind, yeah. Um, 
It is quite dark mm. and surprisingly like violent, despite the fact that they don't really show any gore in it. Mm. There's one, I mean, there's one really gory part of it that it takes up like a long portion of it towards the end. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's like a lot of implied violence, stuff that happens off screen. Yes. Um, I think there was a, I, I saw some facts. I think blood appears three times throughout the entire movie. Yeah. So- even, that being said, yeah, definitely dark, but go watch it if, you know, you can you can handle that kind of thing. Yeah. Would recommend. All right. Well, let's get into some spoilers then. Woo! What are your highlights or the things that you like the most about the movie? This is spoilers included. This is the themes and ideas and things like that. Uh, yeah, or just spoilers. Or just spoilers. Okay, things, spoilers. Things that you liked. Now. Yeah. Um, For sure. I think- um, Alfred is great and witty as usual. The most yeah. iconic line from Alfred that became an internet meme where he says, some men just want to see the world burn. <laughs> I love that. Oh, it's such a great line. Such great line. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but like <laughs> at the start of the movie um, in the police department, there's a shot of like the, the wall, uh, like who who's Batman. Yeah, yeah. And then they've yeah. got like Abraham Lincoln there yeah, and like that's right. Bigfoot. <laughs> they just don't care at yeah. all. They're like, well, this guy's doing our job for us. Yeah. We're not going to really look for him at all. Exactly. I thought that was really yeah, funny. Yeah, that's really funny. Um, Like the shot where he's in the car park at the beginning of the film and he just like jumps off. Oh, um, yeah. And lands on the top of the landing. van. Yeah, that was so That definitely cool. broke his leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. So. But that's what I mean when I'm talking about he's just on the top of his game. Yes. He doesn't even see the car and then he jumps at the he perfect time. jumps, yeah. It's ridiculous. So. And that line of, you know, what's the difference between you and us? I'm not wearing hockey pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great. So good. I really wanted- like, It would have been so nice to explore more about these imposter Batman because I shot- Mm. Like one scene in the movie, yeah. I guess two, because one of them dies, he gets killed, yeah, and that jump scare, yeah. Um, but that was such a cool concept of, <laughs> you know, what does like Batman being around? He's this vigilante. Yes. What does that mean? Like he, he's, I think there's a line there. I wanted to inspire people for good. Mm. And so what does it mean that he's inspiring people to be these Batman in like hockey pants and yeah. stuff? <laughs> so anyway, that, I feel like you could do a whole movie on that. Accountability for that Batman. <laughs> This is what this is the product. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's I think uh, Christopher Nolan. That's really what he wanted to explore in this movie is that concept of um, escalation of like yes. Batman's coming out here, billionaire gadgets, mm. really just taking to town all mm. these villains, mm. um, and then you know Joker comes along and yeah. he's escalating from the villain's perspective. Yeah, and it's just such an interesting concept of like, well, there's that line of like you bring pistols, like they'll bring, uh, like. Machine guns. Yes. We're wearing machine guns. They're wearing rocket launchers or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, just this concept of like, oh, if we do more, mm. they're going to do more. And yep. Joker really, I think, represents that very well. Very well. Yeah. Very well. Um, I yeah. liked um, just the, the pacing of the movie. Oh. It's, it just felt like it's one awesome set piece after the other. Yeah. So, you've got like the bank heist. You've got the extraction from mm. Hong Kong, wherever it is. Yeah. You've got the um, hospital blowing up. Like, it's yeah. it's no- just- Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah. So, it was just insane. Like, one epic thing after another. Yeah. Um, I think that that's really- That kind of feeds into one of the things I didn't like. I just felt the the climax. Well, how do you feel about the, the ending of the movie? Because I felt after all these intense set pieces, mm. it was almost a bit anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah. It, it did sort of- um, the climax really did like, yeah, it did climax at one 
point, and then from there, it sort of, yeah, it kind of went down. Yeah. Um, no, I liked it still. I don't think that was a bad thing. Um, yeah. No, it wasn't a bad thing. Um, I, yeah. I just feel it's, it was noticeable because you yeah, reached okay. such highs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I think, um, well, maybe just to run through for those who are sticking around for spoilers but haven't seen it, mm. we just kind of jump right into it. Just so keen to talk about it. Um, but yeah, so I guess Joker comes along. He's this character yep. who's coming to solve the problem of the mob mm. um, of killing Batman because Batman's yep. ruining all their, their plans. Mm. He's just unstoppable. And so Joker's like, well, I'll kill him for you. And then it fixes all your problems. Mm. Um, but as a movie unfolds, reality reveals that Joker actually just is in it for the chaos. Yes, he's got he's bigger an, ambitions. An anarchist. Yeah. Um, and so he burns all the mob's money. Uh, and really, like you're saying, his motive is just to kind of prove that everyone is a villain, um, like everyone is kind of hypocritical. Yes. And so, there's this one new character in this movie, Harvey Dent. He's the um, the DA. Yes. Gotham's White Knight. Gotham's District White Knight. District Attorney. That's it. Yeah. Prosecutor. So, he's this like great guy. Yeah. There's this, that epic scene in the um, the courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> the 500. No, the guy points a gun at him. Oh, yeah. And he's yeah. like just- Knocks him yeah. out. Of <laughs> got a mean right hook. Or yeah. Left hook. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm not finished. We've got to keep going. <laughs> so, he's just kind of this superhero, but an actual just regular guy. Yep. Um, and the thing that distinguishes him from everyone else is that he's not afraid. Yeah. So, that's another- I mean, carrying on, it's Batman. Fear is another big theme in this movie. Yes. Um, and kind of how fear affects the general public. Uh, yeah. Which we'll get into a little bit. Um, but the, the key thing about Harvey Denton is he isn't afraid. No. So, he's like, that. the mob, you know, they can threaten me all they want, whatever. I'm going to yeah. do what's right. Exactly. Um, and so, ultimately, the Joker's goal is to corrupt Harvey Dent. Yes. And to ruin this image. Yep. If you can get to him. Yeah. Then it's like, well, anyone's corruptible if this, this white knight is exactly. corruptible. Yeah. Uh, and he wins. He does it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does by the end. Because he kills Rachel. Um, he does. Burns half of Harvey Dent's face. Yes. Makes him two-face. Two-face. Uh, and then, basically, Harvey Dent goes insane. He does. Um, and so, yeah, the ending there- <clears throat> like, I think the ending with the boats, Joker has this thing where he's trying to show that the public, when, when confronting fear, they'll willingly kill other people. Yes. That was a kind of a bit anticlimactic for me compared to him blowing up a hospital. Yeah. But then I think maybe it's intentional, but I feel like Christopher Nolan kind of almost eased it into a more intimate ending with Batman and Harvey Dent and yeah. Lieutenant Gordon mm. all um, talking about, you know, what have you lost and- yeah. Batman's talking about the, the idea of, like, he wanted to prove that even the best of us could fall. Yeah. Um, maybe so- he just didn't want the audience leaving the cinema stressed, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, yeah, maybe. calm him down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Ease us back into our seats, off the edge, <laughs> back on. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I thought there was some cool little um, moments throughout it. Mm. There's that dinner party. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of see that Bruce Wayne, like, he- doesn't drink the drinks. He's kind of keeping that sober mind. But then Joker does it too. Yeah. Like he comes in and takes someone's drink and then throws it away and pretends to drink it. Yeah. And there's that idea of like, well, because like recurring theme is Joker does not like being called crazy, right? No. Yeah. Um. But then, but is he crazy? <laughs> what do you think? It's just ahead of the curve. It's just ahead of the curve. Because <laughs> like he he feels like a maniac, you know? Yeah. He's um he. Oh yeah. He's falling to his death and he's laughing. He's like, yes, I get to die. Yeah. And yet he's so clear, like, level-headed. He's planned out so many things. And yeah. He doesn't want to drink. He wants to keep his mind clear. Yeah. I mean, you can be a genius and still, like, 
Be insane. Be insane, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. He's an insane genius. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> Mass murderer joker. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Um, <clears throat> also, the thing I liked was that skyhook. Really cool. Yeah. That's um when Batman goes to Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Extracts really a guy cool. with like a balloon up in the air. Yeah, that's apparently a real thing. Have you wow. heard that? Wow, no. It's um was made by the CIA called the Fulton right. Surface to Air Recovery System. Yeah. Um, and then when hel- helicopters came around, they were yeah. kind of like, well, we don't need this anymore. It's cool. Yeah, no, I so I was that. impressed. Mm. Yeah, I didn't know it was actually a a real thing. Mm. Um, one thing I think that this is we're not in the um the plot zone the pothole zone yet yeah but joker's plan i feel gets a lot of criticism from people um of being like it's so absurdly complex yeah you know how on earth could all those things happen Mm. there's so much left up to luck yeah i might just do a quick run through of joker's plan based on what happens in the movie sure um so he arrives he steals the money some money from the mob just a small amount yep um gets their attention Mm. um then he Wants to turn the public against Batman. Mm. He starts killing people and saying, Batman, you come forward and I'll stop killing people. Mm. Um, and then I think his goal was to kill Batman when he revealed himself because Harvey didn't reveal himself. Yep. Joker then chases after him to try and kill him. Yep. But then he gets himself captured. Mm. Somehow, like, I don't know if that was part of the plan. That's what happened. Mm. But then, and then, um, well, actually, no, because he tried to kill the the mayor at one point as well. Yep. Um, but then Gordon stops that from happening. Yep. Jumped in the way of it. And then Gordon was able to capture Joker. Yep. But I then think- Joker meets with Batman. And I think he, at that point, he's like, oh, I actually like this guy. Yeah. I don't want to kill him anymore. <laughs> he's fun. <laughs> he's fun. Yeah. Um, but then he ultimately corrupts um, Harvey Dent. Harvey, escapes yep. from jail because he's pre-planned some guy with a, like a bomb, bomb. inside yeah. him. And then um, wants to try and- I guess, ruin Gotham for Mm. everyone. Yep. There's lots of little steps in there. Yeah. Took a lot to kind of, for it to go well. Yeah, he's a genius. He's a genius. He's an insane genius. He's misunderstood. Anyone can make it happen. (laughs) It's a joker. Uh, And he ultimately wins, right? He He does. He gets what he wants. He does. To a degree, though, I think. Because he does corrupt Harvey Dent. Yes. And he kills Rachel. Yeah. But he doesn't get to the city. Yeah. And that's kind of the key thing there is- Mm. Batman still wins yep. because what he represents was able to withstand it. He's exactly. like, I'll take all the blame. Yeah. I'll take all the uh, like criticism yep. instead of Harley Dent. And so, the city still has their white knight exactly. at the end. Yeah. And they've got Batman's dark knight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. <Whoa. laughs> um, but my thoughts, I think, and uh, I've seen some people discussing this before. Mm. He's got this complex plan, but I think- um, you see throughout the movie that it isn't his only plan. Yes. And so, he, the, what happens happens, but I think he had backup plans yeah. for it all. So, like- some contingency. Yeah, that's right. So, maybe he, he wasn't planning to get captured, but he had a plan for if he got captured. Yeah. And maybe- Well, he obviously wanted to kill the mayor, but that didn't work out. No. Um, so, you know, I think he's just he's just this clever guy. Obviously, planned it out really Well-written well. villain. Yeah. Ahead of the curve, as he- Ahead of the curve. As he, as he said. That's right. <laughs> Um, yeah, anything else that you thought was interesting or you liked? Um, I think that, yeah, that was about it, really. I think he like, summed it up. He summed it was, up pretty well. I thought it was interesting. There's this, the- this discussion point at the end when 
Batman's got his bat vision, right? He's uh, I don't know what he calls it, mm. but he's got all the cell phones in the city. Oh, wide up, yeah. And Fox is like, this is you know, this is so evil, yeah. yeah. Like it's too much power for one individual, yeah. I feel like this is much less of a discussion these days. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. think uh, when this came out, this might have been a more like heavy topic about surveillance and any- everything. Yeah. I think these yes. days it's kind of reality, right? It is. Everyone's just has accepted that we're being surveyed. Given all our information yeah. away. <laughs> Everyone knows, like the government knows everything about us. Yes. They know where we are at all times. It's like- yeah. It's like you're kind of watching it now and you're like, it's not really that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's like still cares? living like- <laughs> Going on that's about right. my day, you know, so. Yeah, that's it. Mm. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. Um, anything that you didn't like in the spoiler side of things? <laughs> spoiler side of things. Anything I didn't like? I have a couple um, things. Mm. Um, little pet peeves. Yeah, I yeah, I, I find it hard to really nitpick and um, find things that I don't like about this film. Well, that's and most why films, I'm here, really. <laughs> But that's why Joseph is here, and so yeah. he's really good at that. I'm that the part. nitpicker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First thing, <laughs> sure. Um, what was that? What was Batman's little gun bending tool that he uses right at the start of the movie? What was that? Oh, oh <laughs> he's yeah, got like a yeah. like he's got this whole gadget just for bending the barrel of a gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes like why would you use that? You're there. You're close enough to punch the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just bend the barrel, <laughs> and then I think he uses it to try and open the van. Yeah. Yes. I don't even understand okay. what he now was doing Now that we're talking there. about things I didn't like, <laughs> yeah. that, I didn't understand that. Like, he, like, it makes trying to, like, what are, you, are you trying to open the van yeah, or something like that? it's like a like tiny that? cut. Like the t- <laughs> and it jams immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, hits the wall and then he, like, falls, it falls off. Just, like, oh, it just, that was the dumbest thing. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, Fair. not all his tech works that well. Yeah. Maybe that was the message. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tech isn't everything. <laughs> the other thing I thought, um, Rachel, again, I had some problems with her in the first movie. She's she's got some moments in this where I'm like, come on, what are you doing? Yeah. Okay. Um, like, firstly, she, she kisses Bruce. Yes. Right before writing a letter saying, "I'm not going to be with you." Very yes. confusing. Yeah. You know, mixed signals. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Bruce is a bit confused after that. Yep. Um. On secondly, that. the mm-hmm. only reason she died was she left Bruce Wayne's penthouse. <sighs> Rachel. Come on. The safest place in the city. Safest place in the city. She said it, yeah. (laughs) She went there and then she's like, I can't believe he gave himself up. I'm leaving. (laughs) Yeah, because Joker's given up now. They got the Joker. Yeah, so that one, I was a bit bit miffed about that. Yeah. Um, The other thing, Batman, so when they capture the Joker- Mm. Batman, like, that iconic scene, you know, hit me, hit me, I, I want you to hit me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he wants to die. Yeah. What What was Batman doing? <laughs> he ma- he goes max speed yeah. right at the Joker and then falls over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to scare him. I don't, I don't know. know what he was doing. It, like, he really did it to himself there. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's got his one rule. I'm not going to kill him. Oh, shocker. He doesn't <laughs> kill him. <laughs> he doesn't kill him. Yeah. Um, so, I thought that was a bit I guess stupid. it's like- him speeding up is like sort of coming close to like limit. I guess it's like, oh, maybe it's symbolizing to- like I want to kill him so bad. I want to kill him so bad. That's and how I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, I guess that makes I want to kill him so bad, but then it. like he makes last, last minute, minute like turn. Right, so, that would make sense. Mm. I feel like that would make more sense towards the end of the film though, because in that moment, <laughs> like he's accomplished, he's done what he's wanted. Yeah, Joker's like out in the open. You got police right there. Mm. Anyway, didn't wasn't a fan of that move by Batman. Mm. Um. Yeah, I think those were the only things that I wasn't a fan of. 
Yeah. Everything else, Stella. Also, like I mentioned this earlier, but him, like Rachel falling out of the penthouse and then yeah, diving her, and then landing like landing. <laughs> They're should've, both dead. He should have died, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's know. invincible. <laughs> it's a 60-story oh, penthouse easily. Like, I know. think they were showing that like, his cape's half open and yeah. it's slowing his fall. Because yeah. that's how physics Catching works. Catching wind. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Even the fact that he landed first, he's wearing body armor. Yeah. You know? yeah. Rachel's also dead. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's hitting a hard surface. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, what did you think um, about, like, some of the values or the message that this movie was trying to get across? Well, yeah, the most prominent theme, as I, like, mentioned earlier, um, this goes throughout the entire movie, is people's integrity and all their limits sort of being Mm. tested individually and, like, collectively as well. Yeah. Um, Like, the Joker really puts the whole city on a trial. Yeah, right. He's a devil's advocate, if you will. And, like, he's a few times the Joker alludes to have had having um, some traumatic sort of experiences. Mm. Like, he's probably grown up throughout his life that have turned him into sort of this cold monster. Well, he uses those stories, right? Yep. And Well, that's the thing, though. Questions about his character, because they're different every time. So, that could also just be not true. Yeah. Like, he might not have any dark past. Yes. But I think those stories were probably the darkest part of the entire movie. Yeah. They always, like, I feel so uncomfortable listening to them. Yep. Um. Oh yeah, okay. So he's he's he could potentially have a dark past. He could potentially have a dark a dark past and a dark past, and as a result, he doubts maybe if there is anyone who's truly good. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, so he's sort of become an anarchist kind of and hardened agent. him towards life. In exactly, general. an agent yeah. of chaos, and he's on this mission to prove that everyone on the inside, the people yeah. of Gotham, really are monsters, right? And he's just ahead of everyone. Yeah, that's um, it. But yeah, so that's that kind of idea, right? The the core goal of Joker mm. is. It's almost anarchy versus order of, yep. like, chaos. And he, he has this line, you know, chaos is fair. Um, and then I think, like, Two-Face takes it on. You know, the only morality in a cruel world yep. is chance. It's unbiased. Yep. Um, which I think, you know, seems reasonable. But at the same time, mm. it's not true. In reality, it's like... like Joker is the one in power at that moment. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> like, you know, chaos is fair. Meanwhile, he's holding a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those questionable things of like, okay, well, if if there is all this this like chaos, like is the is the thing that kind of counteracts mm. the injustice in the world? Yeah. You know who who's determining that? Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. He's really trying to show that everyone deep down is evil. Yes. Which actually is a pretty Christian. <laughs> It concept. Is. It is. <laughs> Joker was right on this. Yeah. What does Joker as a Christian? Um, yeah, exactly. You know, when the chips are falling down, you know, you really do see people's true nature comes out. Will yeah. they give into corruption? You know, will they give into the madness? Will they do the right thing? And so- That's right. Um, you know, even Batman, as we were discussing earlier, due to all the madness is left questioning, should I keep doing this? You know, there's yeah. casualties happening. That's right. You know, and so- and even, I think, because talking about the topic of there isn't really any true justice, mm. right? It's kind of Joker's theme a little bit. There is, like, people claim that they want justice or claim that they know what's right, but deep down, they're just selfish and they're evil too. Yep. Um, I see that playing out in Batman's character a little bit as well. Because mm. uh, <clears throat> ultimately, his goal is he wants to stop being Batman in this movie. Yeah. He's had enough. 
It's just so like never ending. He sees Dent and he's like, Dent's my way out. Yeah. He's this this white knight. He's got a face. People can look up to him. I can stop and I can be with Rachel. <laughs> so Harvey doesn't get Rachel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's his goal. Motivated by women. <laughs> um, no, I think you kind of see that. Like he's almost convincing himself like, oh, no, this is a good thing. Mm. Like the city will be better off if I stop being Batman and Harvey Dent is yep. the, 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 I guess, the figurehead. Yep. Um, but I think that actually blinds him a little bit. And so he's yeah. very quick to- Saying I'm coming forward and I'm re- I'm revealing myself yep. as like I'm Batman. Yeah. Um. Like almost straight away. Almost like he couldn't take it. He's like these people are dying. Yeah. I've had enough. I'm yep. revealing myself. Harvey Dent can have it now. Yeah. Um. But if he'd taken a second to re- like to realize, he'd already seen signs that that's not probably the greatest idea. You know, yeah. Harvey Dent's interrogating some guy in an alleyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously not fully there. Yeah. Um, and actually his decision to to call that press conference leads to Harvey's death. Yeah. Because it's through that whole process that Harvey Dent gets sent away with one of Joker's yep. villains. Yeah. Um, and then what you see is Batman's, like, his ultimate decision. Uh, Joker says, you know, choose between saving Harvey Dent or Rachel. Mm. And so, the selfish thing there, right, the the right thing is to go, I guess, what the movie's saying, the greater good. You know, the city needs this this person who's in a position of actual, like, um, authority, yep. who's been elected there, who isn't this, uh, I who's guess- Isn't corrupt. Isn't corrupt, isn't running around in a suit at night against yeah. the law. Yeah. Um, but Batman goes for what he wants. He's like, yes. I want to be with Rachel. I love Rachel. I'm going to choose her. I mean, fair play, like, probably the choice anyone would make. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think that can symbolizes that Batman isn't, like, perfect either, right? He Didn't cho- he go for Harvey? <clears throat> no, he goes for Rachel. No, he went, he went for Harvey in the film. He goes, he, he Harvey's there in the end. Joker tricked him. And so, he tells Gordon, oh. it's like, I'm going for Rachel, you go for Harvey. So, yeah. he races to go get <clears throat> Rachel. <clears throat> Turns out- the, what Joker said was a lie. It was actually Harvey who was going for. Yeah. Um, I never picked up on that. Yeah. 15 years of watching that film. <laughs> yeah, one of those little never nuggets. I realised that. Wow. Thank <laughs> but you, I think, Yeah, there you go. You, yeah. you learn it all here. Good Good Friday films. <laughs> um, no, but I think that really shows that. Like, when the, when the chips are down on the table, mm. Batman really went for the selfish option. He's like, I want what's best for me yes. rather than what's best for others. Yeah, and um, so- Yeah, yeah. And, and these- tests that Joker puts the city through, they sort of culminate in one final clim- climactic scene mm. um, with the civilians of Gotham on one boat and the prison inmates of Gotham City Prison on another boat. And, yeah. you know, there are bombs on both of these boats and each boat is given the, det- the detonator for um, each other's boats. And it's a really intense scene to view the viewer wondering, who's going to press the button first? Uh, who who deserves to live more? You know, yeah. the civilians or the prisoners, and how do you yeah, determine the, the prisoners? That? They, they've had their chance a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, who they made their decision? Yep, yeah, yeah. Who deserves to live more, and like, who who gets to determine that? You know, and um, and spoiler alert: um, <laughs> none of the boats blow up because both the civilians and prisoners choose to sacrifice. Yeah, well, actually, it's lives. interesting because that's also kind of a topic. What is the the civilians they choose to kill the prisoners. Mm. That's the they all vote. Vast majority votes mm. they should die, mm. but none of them are willing to actually pull pull, pull the lever and press the button. They're yeah. like, we want them Ooh. dead, but 
I don't want to do the dirty work don't myself. Don't want the guilt that comes that's with it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's even deeper than, yeah. No, it's good. Um, and so, yeah, like the boats don't blow up. And it's, um, you know, not really clear what their motive. Actually, now that you explain it, yeah, it does make sense that they didn't press the button because they didn't want the, that con- that guilt on their um, sort of consciousness. Yeah, so, that's right. Um, they're but willing. I- they're willing to let's like vote for someone else to do it, and it kind of goes back to what we're talking about in episode one. Yep. Um, of like, well, in the anima- anonymity of it, yeah, they're they're happy to do whatever you know, whatever's best for me. But when it's a bit more personal, it's like, oh, I've actually got to be responsible for this. Ooh. All of a sudden, there's some consequences there. Yeah, and as a viewer in this, like in this scene, it does really force you to reflect. What would you? What would I have done in that situation? Uh, and why? Yeah. Um, and it's a really inspiring scene, but like <laughs> here is my criticism um, of this scene. The Joker was actually right <laughs> on this. Um, and I believe in real life that one or two of those boats would have blown up. And I mm. say that because as well, that Christians- was a, That was a question I had for you, actually. Yeah. What do you think would happen yes. if the scenario was real? I believe one or either two of them of those boats would have blown up in right. real life. Because as a Christian or as Christians, we believe that- um, Humans are naturally selfish and will want to preserve their own lives first, especially when you're in a situation like that. And the boat scene is an extreme example and probably not relatable to most people. But let's just take like the last few years of COVID as just a real life example. Almost everyone gave into the madness. Um, You, you, like the last few years, like ev- almost everyone gave into the madness. You had people literally fighting for toilet paper and shopping centers. <laughs> like that's how bad it got yeah. here in Australia. You had people fighting for for toilet paper. Yeah, issues around the vaccine and just so much division, unhealthy conflict, relationship breakdown, violence, mm. literal violence. You know, comment sections on social media. This is something that came up in the um last uh, and then the first episode, Batman Begins. But they were just so ugly. And what was most sad is that I even saw this amongst Christians. Amongst, yeah. Like, we, as a community of Christians, even here in, in, in Australia, we weren't really reflecting Jesus well to the to the world in a crisis situation that plagued the world. When the chips were falling down, you really did see people's true nature come out. Mm. And as the Joker said in that interrogation, when the chips are down, people will eat each other. And I felt, and I felt like, in a way, I did see that through COVID, people going at each other's throats. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. And I think, um, like when you look at if the, the boat situation, right, real mm. life, there's so many ways you could justify it to yourself. You'd be like, look, like they said, you know, they've had their chance. They're all criminals. There's innocent children on this boat. Why, mm. do, why do they deserve to die over them? If we don't do it, all of us die. You know, it's it's better half of us die instead mm. of all of us. There's like all these different excuses you could give or justification. Yep. And you're right, in a situation like COVID as well, you have the same kind of justifications that exist. Yep. Um, these excuses that you can give for yourself to behave in a way that isn't honouring God and yeah. isn't actually good. Mm. Um, and so, that yeah, that's a really good point of this question of actually what kind of justification is, like, good enough to behave in a way that God disagrees with. <laughs> yeah. The answer is, there isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't one. There isn't one. Um, all right, criticism of that scene over. Here is the good news. The ideal of sacrifice portrayed in the choices of the civilians and prison inmates on the boats is actually possible um, through the person of Jesus Christ. Mm. It's possible to put others first in both extreme and non-extreme cases. Through having a relationship with God and knowing God's goodness, God can give you 
like the strength to do the right thing and to lay down your life on behalf of others, to put others first, especially when the chips are crumbling. And in the Bible, there's a, a Hebrew word, the word uh, shalom, which means wholeness. And wholeness comes from being firstly in right relationship with God. And then from there, you can have right relationship with your neighbor and the environment. And so, from that place of knowing God's goodness, you can have a peace that surpasses all understanding. And, and like Jesus, sacrifice uh, your life for others. Mm. You know, put others first. You know, because, Je- because Jesus sacrificed his life for me, because he put me and everyone else first, I'm going to follow his example and influence, let that influence in the way that I relate to the world around me, mm. especially when the chips are crumbling. I don't have to give in to the madness. I don't have to have a scarcity mindset. I don't have to be afraid of death because by faith, I know that this isn't the end. I don't live just for this life. That's right. There is another life beyond. That's it. And I think that's the key difference. If you have, if this life is all you have, then there really isn't anything worth giving it up for. Yep. Um, because once you're dead, that's it. You yep. know, what, what do you have left? Exactly. Um, but once you recognize and learn that you have this, this promise, this gift, actually there's something greater, there's something more than this life. Yeah. Um, then you can live in a way that serves the next life. Exactly. Um, and yes, what you're talking about there, kind of having that ability to um, give up your life for others. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's love. And so there's that verse, John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Mm. Um, and that kind of love is really a supernatural kind of love. Yeah. Um, that's what yeah. makes it possible. That's right. We believe that comes through Jesus. Yes. The way that Jesus loved us can kind of lead us to living in that same way. Yes. That is the good news. And one others see that um, in us Christians and doing that, demonstrating that in the world, like it says, you know, we will point people to, to Jesus. You know, mm. The Bible says, let your good deeds see, be, be seen by others that they might glorify your Father in heaven. So, with God in the picture, I, I would say that that boat scene is possible without god in the picture you know i would say the joker likely (laughs) is definitely right on the money yeah people will eat each other as he would say yeah that's right yeah it's interesting it's a real like deep exploration of um humanity i think it is and i think like ultimately it's a positive message like you kind of leave um the movie feeling a bit good in that sense like okay humans are good you know like there's hope Mm. for humanity yeah um, but I think, yeah, you're right. In reality, that hope doesn't come from humanity in no. the sense that the hope that I have for us isn't in Utila or isn't in some random stranger on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily. <laughs> um, but my hope is in someone greater. Yeah. Um, he's already demonstrated to me how much he loves me. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. That's a, that's a really good point. Mm. Um, what did you think about the, the whole concept there, the topic around... Um, when Joker goes and talks to Harvey Dent in the hospital and he's like, mm. you know, I don't have a plan. These people, they're schemers. They have plans. Um, they don't like when things don't go according to plan. So, mm. for example, you know, people, if you see like an, a busload of orphans overseas in some third world country, they die. Mm. Everyone's like, ah, oh, you know, that's sad. Mm. Moving on. Mm. But if one person, like one police commissioner or whatever dies here, everyone starts panicking. They're freaking out because it doesn't go according to plan. Mm. What did you What did you think about that concept? Well, he's providing an extreme as a solution, um, like as an antidote to like the other thing, which is like control. Yeah, control. The other extreme is anarchy. Anarchy. You know? Yeah. And so, um, well, he's insane. <laughs> Joker's insane. None of those solutions are good. <laughs> um, none of those work, you know? Like, 
harm happens to people. That's right. In both circumstances with control you know you have a few people dictating things yeah you have some people dictating power and whatnot with anarchy um power even in anarchy i think like you still well, have power vacuums there's a lie in, like, there in, about in anarchy it's yes. like in anarchy is chaos no one's in control but the truth is if there's no one in control then it's whoever wants anarchy that's in control exactly. and whoever has the power to force the anarchy mm. what about the people who don't want anarchy yeah all of a sudden, they're not in control. <laughs> they're not, no. Um, there, it's always going to be like a power vacuum of some sort. That's right. anarchy and control. And so, there's always going to be someone in. In power, power. Yeah. yeah. And so, I think, yeah, two points there. Um, I think he's right in it to an extent. Like, we do see that. Like, you hear about all these tragedies happening overseas mm. uh, and you kind of get used to it. You get jaded and you're like, that's normal. It doesn't impact you as much. Um, whereas if someone who lives in your neighborhood dies, all of a sudden mm. it becomes much more real mm. uh, and you can empathize much mm. more much more clearly. And I think that speaks again to that concept of selfishness um, and love where we really f- struggle to love those we don't personally know. Yep. Um, and so, if I don't have a pre-existing relationship, I can't empathize with them. I, it's, it's so much harder to love them. Yeah. Um, they're just strangers. Yep. Um, and so, ultimately, what what should be happening is we should be loving everyone, yeah. even those people we don't know. Yeah. That suffering that's happening overseas, um, war right now, you know, Russia and Ukraine, tragedy, it lots is. of people dying. Yeah. Um, and we should really be feeling that, mm. um, feeling that, I guess, the loss that's happening there. Mm. Um, and I don't know the correct way to respond, but definitely prayer is a part of that. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. And so I think that's the first thing is that I do think there's an element of truth there of the way we respond to different tragedies. Um, yeah, it's right. We don't respond as strongly to things that we don't, I guess, see as or things that we do see as normal. Mm. And that second concept of control. Um, yeah, you're right. I think ultimately someone's always in control, mm. um, whether it's some democracy and you've elected someone who's in power or it's just, you know, a monarchy or whatever, dictatorship. Um, but as Christians, what we believe is God is sovereign. He's mm. the one who's ultimately in control of everything. Yep. Um, and with that knowledge, we can have a little bit of trust and a little bit of hope because we believe that God is a good God. Mm. Um, and so, rather than having to be fearful about the people who are in power, we can trust that God, who's put everyone in a position of power throughout yep. the world, um, he's in control of it all. Yeah. Uh, and he knows what's best, ultimately. Yep. Yeah, mate. Heavy stuff. <laughs> um yeah, um, just uh, hopefully you guys got something out of that. <laughs> Thought it was interesting. I think, yeah, these movies, Christopher Nolan especially, yeah. can write some really deep stuff. Yeah. We're not theologians by any means, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always fun to, I guess, have this this discussion it around, is. Um, I guess, yeah, the ways that it speaks to us and the ways that we see it relating to the truth that we believe in. Yep. All I'm right. Any final thoughts around the- um? I guess the themes or the messages of this movie. Well, yeah, another thing that stood out to me is that Harvey ends up becoming what Bruce could have become in the previous film. Oh yeah, yeah. Harvey lets the pain of losing Rachel actually dictate his actions, and he goes on a revenge spree, even to the point of taking Commissioner like Gordon's innocent family hostage, mm. and then sadly like taking his own life. And that's what I meant earlier when I said um, Shakespearean tragedy. It's very Romeo and Juliet. I've lost. Yeah my Juliet, so I'm going to, there's no point in living anymore, so I'm going to take my life. Right. And so, <clears throat> it's um, ironic because Harvey was the one telling Batman, you can't give in. Yeah. <laughs> you can't give in. Like, earlier yeah. in the film. And so, 
Um, but this is the Joker's trump card. Like, as you, we were saying earlier, if he yeah. can get to Harvey, the symbol of good and justice in Gotham, then it all sort of crumbles. All that hard work, all those people, um, it will seem to everyone that they died for nothing. Yeah. And their sacrifices almost becomes in vain. And the, the hard part about it, right, is because people are flawed, we're more, much more likely to put out hope in someone like Harvey Dent. Yep. Um, like, I mean, even looking over the past couple of years, the amount of people who, I guess, like, celebrities or, oh. people, like, huge, ma- massive amounts of people look up to. Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump. Obviously. Uh, a huge number of people, um, all these allegations that come out against them, all the ways that we see it. Hang on. They're corrupt. Yep. They're flawed. They're imperfect. Mm. And it's just so devastating when you find out someone that you really look up to and respect. Yeah. Um has actually done all these really horrible things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a hard, like, reality, I guess, that there really isn't a white knight in humans. Yes. In the sense of someone who you can look to for all your hope. Yep. Um, because humans are imperfect. Mm. Um, and again, that's where Jesus comes into the picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, at, like, at some point, you know, you, myself, and everyone listening has likely suffered a loss of some kind, whether it's a loved one, a relationship, a job, a friendship, or whatever it might be. I think the pain of loss is especially magnified when we put our hope and trust in these things mm. that can be taken away from us at any moment. That's right. Right? And so, in the Bible, we call these idols. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you live solely for any of these things or, or build your life on these things that aren't firm foundations to build your life in, the rug can be really pulled at any moment. And so, yeah. Jesus warns people actually not to build their lives on these things. They are sandy foundations that can crumble in any yeah. moment. Whereas, yeah, Jesus is a firm foundation that we can build our lives on. And why is he firm or why is he reliable? Well, like he rose from the dead and the evidence for it is actually very compelling. So, Jesus actually can't be taken away from you because he has mm. defeated death itself, the final uh, enemy of humanity. That's you can right. never lose Jesus if you put your trust in him. You might lose a Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a friend, right. a lover, your money, your job, but you won't lose Jesus. And the other good news in Jesus is that God can actually redeem loss and pain and use it as fuel for good and the mm. good of others. And we see that again in the example of Jesus. That God used the pain and suffering of Jesus and ultimately his death to make a way for forgiveness of sins and eternal life for those who believe in Jesus. And so, God can use the pain um, of that loss and turn it into something good if we bring our pain to God and trust him with our lives instead of taking it into our own hands and letting pain harden our hearts and dictate our actions and uh, lead us down a path of apathy mm. or, or destruction, like hardly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're popping off, Tiller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we might uh, move on then to the plot hole segment that's once again. Cool. <laughs> uh, this is, of course, our unique segment just for this um, series of movies because um, there's just been so many discussions around plot holes mm. with uh, the Batman movies. Yep. So, I figured it's worth... Uh, spending some time on each movie, any plot holes that we thought we saw. So, I have a couple here that sure, I thought- it's disgusting. Maybe some of them are more plot holes than others. Others are just kind of like, well, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first one, right from the start of the movie, I thought was- didn't really make sense. The way that the clowns mm. keep the hostages in the bank is they give everyone grenades. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't seem very wise. <laughs> what is the one way you use a grenade tiller? 
to blow up something. You throw it. Oh, you throw it. Right, <laughs> you yeah. You throw grenades. Yes. And so, I don't really understand how the idea of them holding on to the grenade is going to stop them from going anywhere. Yeah. Um, they're just going to- They can just throw them at the clowns. <laughs> um, another point about robbing the bank- uh, they well, the Joker escapes on the bus, mm-hmm. kind of joins a huge Congo, Congo line of well. Let me buses. just push back on the grenade thing. I okay, think these yeah, are ordinary citizens. They wouldn't know what to do with the grenade if they saw one. And so, <laughs> yeah, just as you the- just demonstrated, <laughs> <laughs> grenade. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe there's just pure fear just there. Fear, the yeah. sheep. Maybe they're fake grenades. Yeah, they're fake grenades. Um. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll say that. We'll say that they were just so just tool of fear. Yeah, so fearful they didn't realize they could throw the grenades away. Yeah. Um, another thing I w- had a question about Scarecrow. Mm. He like he shows up. He's a cameo in this movie, I guess. Yeah. Um, he's been selling his drugs <laughs> to people and it makes them go crazy. <laughs> what? <laughs> what kind of business model is that? <laughs> I'm so confused. Yeah. <laughs> and why is anyone buying his drugs in the I first don't know, place? Honestly, that was very. Uh, very weird. Yeah. While we're still in that scene, the car had uh, its intimidate mode, the Batmobile, right? Yeah. Where it, its intimidate mode is it just shoots missiles. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big gamble for Batman. He's like, you know, doesn't want to kill anyone, but he just blindly Shoot shoots missiles. missiles. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> um, another thing I thought was, uh, well, maybe less of a plot hole, but more of like kind of a, a dish of reality, mm. uh, serving a reality was- how easy it was for Mr. Reese to work out Bruce Wayne was Batman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was just that was like, way too easy. He just went and found a picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Bruce Wayne. <laughs> how how does no one else know it's yeah. Batman? Mm-hmm. I did I did think about this one a little bit though. I've got okay. a bit of a rebuttal. Let's go. Um because I do think there's like one throwaway line of dialogue which I've never caught until this time watching. Yeah. Where he says that there's something about the R&D department, yeah. research and development department, yeah. you know, yeah. um, like developing telephones. He says that. And so, um, Morgan Freeman's character, mm. um, he asks Bruce Wayne about it. Like, have you been doing something with the telephones? Yeah. Um, so, it's obviously something that Bruce Wayne's done. He's shifted some finances around and maybe that was why Reese- like worked it out yeah. because Bruce Wayne did some fishy like stuff. Yep. But even still, he's meant to be like from a char- character described as the world's greatest detective. Yeah. <laughs> like definitely way Slip too up. easy to work out yeah. who Batman was. Come on, Bruce. Yeah, come on, Bruce. Um other thing I thought was a bit strange was his bullet reconstruction. Yeah. Like that was super like weird technology. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand how it's meant to work. Yeah, I didn't either. I was like, oh, it's a he bit shoots, like- He shoots a bullet and then he puts the bullet back together and then, oh, fingerprint. <laughs> that, was, that scene made me laugh. It's just like, and that's the bullet put together and there's the finger- fingerprint. <laughs> exactly. That just- felt, yeah. That was them trying to make him a detective, I yeah. think. And I think that is a big complaint I've heard about this version of Batman is he doesn't really do much detective, detective work yeah. and that is a core part of his like Batman's character is he, yeah. he's a detective because mm. he doesn't have much else he's not like a superhero yes. like super powered guy cool yeah stuff, he investigates yes um, okay last one this is probably the biggest one for me prepare yourself mm. you ready Batman has one rule right mm-hmm. he, he doesn't kill mm. and yet the movie ends on Batman killing Harvey Dent. 
Does it not? <laughs> he he pushes him off a building. <laughs> is that not him murdering Harvey? <laughs> <laughs> like what else is that? <laughs> he just killed the guy. Yeah. I yeah. So that's a big one for me. I'm like, surely there was some other way he could have stopped that. He did just kill him. Yeah. And especially a movie where it's all about. Batman not being willing to kill Joker, mm. they end it on him killing Harvey Dent. Mm. So, I don't know about that. Maybe there's some explanation, but I saw that I was like, yeah, this is that was weird. Mm. While we're on that topic, though, mm. do you think, because that's the thing, right? Batman doesn't kill people. That's why Joker and him kind of, they always go on. Should Batman kill Joker? Should the Batman kill the Joker? Yeah. Um, no. No. I don't think he should. And why not? Uh, look, Batman's a believer in the um, justice system, you know, so <laughs> clearly. He <laughs> um, is. And so, yeah, I don't think just killing someone is a solution. Um, this is kind of the trolley problem a little bit too, Yeah, is the idea that he kills the one guy. Mm. Joker, like, because Joker is going to kill lots of people. Yeah. So if he kills Joker, he saves all these people. By not killing Joker, technically, hundreds more people will die. Mm. But the question there is, what's better? Yes. The Joker to die or hundreds of other people to die? Yep. Um, yeah, I don't think you should kill the Joker, because another Joker might. Yeah, that's true. Feel, feel, feel the spot. Keep- it sets the press. And once you, once you do it once, yeah, right, it's pretty easy to, are you <laughs> to do keep it. killing. Yeah. Well, there we go. All right. Um, got a bit of trivia here for us. Let's go from the the source of all that is truthful and right. <laughs> IMDb. <laughs> um, here we go. Uh, Heath Ledger improvised when he started clapping inside his jail cell mm. in a mocking and sardonic way. The clapping was not scripted, but Christopher Nolan immediately encouraged the crew to continue filming, and the sequence was included. Oh, okay, that was an improvised clap. Improvised scene. Um. Christian Bale stated in an interview that during the interrogation scene, Heath Ledger wanted him to beat him as hard as he could to get the real feeling of what was required from the scene. Wow. Interesting. The, uh, the hospital that the Joker blows up was actually an old, out-of-use candy factory in the Chicago suburbs. I knew that one, yeah. Oh, you knew that one. Yeah. It was redressed and imploded for this movie. <laughs> uh, last one, here we go. Classic Nolan. It was confirmed in August 2018 that had the ferry passengers triggered the detonator, hmm. they would have blown themselves up rather than the adjacent ferry. Oh, wow. So, there you go. Yeah. He was really trying to trick them into killing <laughs> themselves. And then he would probably would have said, see, they pushed the button for them and got everyone else Yeah. Punished. Oh, wow. Interesting. Well, there we go. That's uh, our The Dark Knight review. Yes. Um, great movie. Really great enjoyed movie. it. Go watch it if Again, you haven't seen it. Go watch it. <laughs> um, hopefully, you'll be able to also get some some interesting deep themes out of it. We think exactly. There's lots there. There is yeah. plenty. There's more we could talk about. Yeah, um, we could go on forever. We could much. go on for a long time. But Tilla, what are you looking forward to, or what else have you been been watching? Um, I recently watched uh, Collateral. Oh yeah, Collateral. Yeah, yeah. Collateral 2004. <laughs> Jamie Foxx and um I, I also Cruise. recently watched that. No way. That's what a coincidence. What? Wow. <laughs> there you go. Maybe we'll do our an episode? An episode about I, that. <laughs> we we have to. I guess we have to now. Yeah, film. we both watched it. Yeah. yeah. It's a good Friday and it's a good film. It's a good um, Friday to watch films. Yeah. Um I'm looking forward to the Flash. 
yeah, at the time of recording. Okay. Uh, yep. When this posts, it might have already come out. Mm. Um, but yeah, okay. I think I've heard good things. I've heard mixed things. Yes. Okay. Initial re- responses were good. Yeah. Um, but some people have also said that it's not as good. Like I think um, James Gunn. This is the whole DC reboot, isn't it? This is the no, first- not yet. This isn't the reboot yet. Oh, this okay. is still Just- in the Zack Snyderverse. <laughs> so, but it's like a half reboot because they okay. don't have Henry Cavill in it. Yeah, it was my favorite part mm. of that DC the movies. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that. So hopefully, when that comes out, we can do an episode on that one. That'd as be well. good. Yeah. All right. So, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to get in contact with us, uh, you can just send us an email at goodfridayfilmspod at gmail.com. Set up an email. Hit us up. Hit us up. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know if there's any movies you want us to review or watch. Um, give us any feedback. We'd share love it. to hear from you. Yeah. Share it. share it with a friend if you enjoy this. That's it. Share it with a friend. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. See you next week.